People think, oh, should I sell, shouldn't I sell? Maybe because it means something to them. The value of the property is what the market determines. Hello, and today on Real Talk, we're chatting about everyone's favourite dinner party topic, property prices. More specifically, we'll be chatting about why sellers often think their home is worth more than it is. And this can be for a number of reasons, but one reason in particular is that sellers often place an emotional tax on their property, because when they look at their bricks and mortar, they see memories and not simply a house. Here's what Aussies have to think about the value of their home. We had an estate agent that wasn't very good and didn't get the price we wanted. I suppose they hold sentimental value to it as well, and that's why they would value a little bit higher. The situation was, there was a, a, a number of people at the same time trying to sell with better houses. It would even be good to see what the property is actually worth. I haven't had a valuation for a long time. Joining me to discuss it all is Carla Fetter from Jealous Craig with almost 20 years of experience valuing and selling homes, and Chris Reeves, the head of consumer marketing at realestate.com.au. Both of these guests have years of experience in understanding the intricacies of pricing houses and what goes into understanding their value. Carla, I want to start with you because you've spent more time than any of us here valuing properties and what goes into the process. There's quite a lot. So if I get a call from someone to come and value their home, what I want to do is come really prepared. So I'm going to ask them a lot of questions about their property. I want to know what I'm stepping into before I actually do. So I then do a lot of research. I'm looking at sales in the street for the past five years, what they paid, land size, and then I'm profiling the property and then comparing it to others so that by the time I'm walking into the door, I have some knowledge of what I think the property might be worth. If valuing a home is so methodical, why do you think that sellers are sometimes surprised by the outcome? Well, the challenge in our role is that we don't really know what something is worth until we go and explore the process. So we go into someone's property with an opinion, but we're actually not valuers, we're marketers. So it's a real unknown because you can have all the data points there, but every home is different. So there's no two homes that are the same unless you're selling a near on identical apartment. But if you're selling a single fronted period house or a double fronted period house, it's really there on its own. And it's a timing piece. It's who's out there. It's how much competition there is at the end of the day. I guess also a reason why they might be so surprised is because it's that old saying, you know, your home is your castle. So houses for people hold meaning. They have emotional value. I guess when they look at their kitchen bench, they don't just see a kitchen bench. They see their kids eating breakfast there or they see their backyard and they see all the family gatherings that they've had. It's that type of emotion, I guess, that can cloud their judgment on what a simple bricks and mortar can be worth. How do you then manage the expectations and the emotions of the seller if the valuation comes in, I guess, less than what they want? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I always say to my clients, hey, you've got a view on value. I've got a view on value, but ultimately neither of us actually know. It's up to the buyers to determine that. And if we are too far apart, I'll say to the vendor, give me a chance to get some of our best buyers through the door and let's get a better sense around where they're seeing the numbers. And we'll support your ambition of getting your price, but let's arm ourselves first with some really valuable feedback. But I think it's really important. We sit with our clients to say, hey, we're here to optimise the value of your property. And whilst I might be a little bit conservative, we've got to put the best strategy forward to ensure that we get the most exposure 
the most foot traffic buyers coming through and therefore competition. Which sellers do you find are the most surprised? Is it people who have maybe had their house for 30 years and they don't know what the market is doing? Or is it people who are like, oh, the market's really hot now, so I should be getting a good price? Who do you find gets it most wrong? It's a bit of a combination. I have found in the past whereby people have owned their houses for a very long time, let's say 30 plus years. They've raised the kids there. You talked about it before. There's there's the memory part. There's a, the emotions. There's, oh, this is where we brought baby number two home. Now they've grown up and they've moved out of the house. So they're quite connected to the home and because they've got very happy memories there, they naturally think it's the best house that's probably been on the market for some time. So again, we have to sit with them and and really just talk about what's been selling in the area and, and really educate. The other ones that have been quite interesting are the ones that have actually bought since 2016 or even 2017, where they're reading articles that market's gone up 20, 30, 40%. And so they're naturally applying that to their property. But what they don't realise is that they bought in 2016 or 17, which were really strong markets, and therefore they paid pretty bullish prices for it at the time. So you can't just apply the 20, 30, 40% on top. So I found that it's been a little bit more challenging with those people to try and get them aligned to the right sort of value proposition for their place. Do you think also sometimes people can get it really wrong in the sense of they're like, well, when we bought the house, it looked like this. And now look at what we've done to it. We've put 100,000, 200,000, maybe more into their property, but it can be a risk of overcapitalizing. Definitely. I mean, this is all about timing. So if you buy in a a strong market and then the market hasn't sort of, you know, you've had ups and downs, but then you've further invested in it. There's no guarantees that you're actually going to come out with any form of profit. And I think the challenge too is that some people go and spend $100,000, but they're fixing things that you can't see. So you're going in there and they've said, well, I've put a new roof for 50000 We had to fix the plumbing. We had to fix the wiring. But aesthetically, the house is the same cosmetically it doesn't look like they've done anything and although you can try and explain to someone oh but we re-stumped the entire house it's like okay yeah well the what end about of the those day, cosmetic things that people actually care about that's right and you've still got an old kitchen an old bathroom the floorboards are looking tired that type of thing whereas you know we know that buyers certainly in this market at the moment are getting more excited about the turnkey homes the houses that they can just walk in and not have to spend any more money on them This actually leads me really nicely into my first question for you, Chris. Your team here at realestate.com.au created an entire tool called Real Estimate, which allows people to track the value of their property ongoing and not simply when they're thinking of selling. What is it and why did you do it? I certainly can't take credit for creating that tool. Um, We own a business called PropTrack, who are a market-leading property data business. It's actually a tool we've had available in market for a number of years. I think almost six years we've had this. You revived the tool. We did. And I think what we saw more than anything is we probably just had a bit of an awareness problem. And it really came from a place of looking at the market. And I know you've spoken about this in other versions of this podcast, but the conditions have been so tough for everyone involved. Record pace of interest rate rises and other factors, stock being another one, really affecting property owners' confidence to go on and sell their property. So there was so much uncertainty and so many barriers to selling that we're seeing, you know, people holding. 
and kind of frozen in a state of indecision. And we really set about as a marketing team to look at how can we as realestate.com.au and one of the most trusted sources of advice help people decide if they want to sell and, and have the confidence to sell. And one of the biggest barriers we saw when we went and spoke to sellers and did all our research and property owners was just general uncertainty around how much their home is worth to the point where it was becoming easier to just do nothing than to actually kind of figure it out. And it wasn't just that. It was also things like being able to find the right agent, also knowing if it's a good time to sell. And ultimately, probably the best way to answer a lot of these questions is to go and talk to a local agent. We've got Carla here, but I think this really helps with property owners when they're a little earlier in that journey stage and they're not quite ready to go and have that conversation with an agent yet. They want to do a bit of their own fact-finding first. I guess when we talk about you know refreshing it versus inventing it, that's where the real estimate brand kind of was really born from. We wanted a simpler way and we needed a simpler way to be able to communicate that we actually already had this uh, and make it really easily accessible for owners. With the gap in the market, what's the uptake been like? How many people are tracking their property? What's the response been? The response has been amazing, actually, and I think it speaks to the fact that this was such an unmet need or that there was such demand for this in market. So we've got the end of June over 3.6 million property owners tracking their property with real estimate, which is huge. And that's up about 50% in the last 12 months to end of June. So the real estimate campaign definitely helped drive a lot of that spike. And I I think it shows that, yeah, as I said, there's a lot of people are really desperate for this information. They're trying to navigate their way through a really tough market and we just made it simpler for consumers to get it. With so many people, it feels like Australians are pretty obsessed with their own properties. Do you think that a tool like Real Estimate is enticing people who are on the fence about selling? You know, once they find out, oh, wow, this is kind of the estimated value for my home, it might kind of push them over to maybe list? Yeah, I think that's certainly part of it. It's interesting, you know, the topic of this podcast being why do people think their home is worth more than it is. We get feedback from both sides, from consumers and agents saying that, you know, they think it's worth more or less than the estimate. But when I talk about AVM, automated valuation model that that PropTrack run that powers real estimate is at globally competitive levels, which is one of the reasons we decided to put such a, a push behind it and really help people discover it. So ultimately, the data is the data. And I think if people can be confident that they have an idea of what their house is worth, whether it's worth more or less or the same as what they thought, I think it's just one less barrier for them to be able to go on and have the decision. And hopefully by the time they're getting to an agent to be able to have a smoother conversation because they have a more realistic idea of what their property is worth. I think also the massive benefit to something like Real Estimate is that, you know, I mentioned it before, it could be simply people who are interested in what their house is worth. They're not looking to sell, but, you know, I could give you plenty of examples. But one example is some people that we know went and sold a five-bedroom home kind of out in the suburbs and were able to pay cash for their next home and still have millions of dollars in their pocket from the sale of their previous home because they had no idea what it was worth. You know, thinking about downsizing, maybe do I not, maybe do I? And this type of a tool allows them to go, well, actually look at what it's worth and maybe I will. Absolutely. And when we talk about that 3.6 million number, it's a huge number. I think it's one in four owners in Australia are tracking their property on realestate.com.au. So yes, a lot of them will ultimately go on to sell, but you know, we don't expect 25% of all owners in Australia to go on and sell their house in the next three months. It's not so much about that. Once you get your real estimate, it gives us a really great way to have a dialogue with owners and we can show you other options. You know, If you need to refinance your home loan because your, your fixed rate is expiring, we've got mortgage choice brokers we can connect you with there. You can see sold properties in your local area. You can see what the rental market is like and what you might get for your property if you decided to rent it out. So, And I think that's why the numbers are so large for anyone who's a property owner. 
kind of a no-brainer to just go on there and, and stay across, you know, what is your biggest asset, what it's worth and what your options might be. So we did speak to a couple of people about why they think people often misvalue their homes. To me, you just buy property for, to be a home. The size of the land, how many bathrooms, how many bedrooms, how many living areas. I suppose they hold sentimental value to it as well, and that's why they would value a little bit higher. Carla, the emotional tax that we've been talking about, it doesn't just affect sellers, but it can also affect buyers because if multiple buyers fall in love with the same property, they envision their life there, that can lead to a pretty furious bidding war if the house goes to auction. Have you ever been surprised at a sold price compared to a listed price? And what's the biggest gap that you've ever seen? Yeah, I mean, that does happen quite regularly. I'm naturally a conservative person when I go in to provide advice. So I'd always rather sort of go in and and give a number that I'm really confident about as opposed to promising blue sky and then finding that we fall short. I just don't think that that's a great way to solidify long-term relationships. So just two weeks ago, I had one in South Yarra. I looked at all the data. I'd sold the property right next door for 2.7 back in 2021. That was fully renovated. This one wasn't. And I thought, look, this could be around the $2 million mark, maybe a fraction more with competition. Took it to auction, had a great campaign. We had three bidders, but about eight people in the crowd that turned up to bid. And it ended up selling just shy of 2.5. So that was really competitive. And that was our most recent case study of of what a really sort of spirited auction can look like. Probably my best results or or sales that went well in excess of what I thought was a house in Tivoli Road in South Yarra. Now, granted, this was in October 2021. They've got a great bakery on Tivoli Road. They do, yeah, <laughs> Tivoli Road Bakery. But this was top of the market. But we gave advice there to the owner that we thought it was somewhere in the early threes and maybe mid threes would be a strong result. We had a fantastic campaign and it ended up selling for 4.7. So it was well over a million dollars in excess of what we thought that that one would sell for. I really like what you mentioned there about a house that was fully renovated and compared to a house that wasn't fully renovated. Chris, can Real Estimate help people understand what they're working with in terms of if they have done a renovation, is the model or I guess the the estimate that it gives you still accurate? It's certainly capable. It's improving all the time. I'm someone who's just done a knockdown rebuild sort of over the last couple of years myself. You can reach out and change things like uh, amounts of bedrooms and bathrooms and those sorts of things. You just have to be able to prove ownership when you reach out but you can do it. It's it's imperfect in terms of getting you, you know, knowing your exact renovation and what you've been able to do. The team are adding more and more data points and it is improving all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an estimate, right? Yeah, that's right. So I guess maybe a little sneakily as somebody who is looking to purchase, how could I use it from a buyer's perspective? You can get a real estimate for your own property and you get a really substantial level of information in terms of all your different options for that. But you can get real estimates for properties that you don't own as well. Shouldn't probably be admitting this on a podcast. So I can track my inheritance. It's one way of looking at it. I track my family home that I grew up in, my in-laws place. So you track your inheritance. Well, technically, you're probably not looking at it from exactly that lens, but you know, it's probably similar. It's really interesting, if not anything else, to kind of watch over time how the different properties you've come across change. And that is one way for buyers to kind of gather information. When a property goes to market, the property page really does become more about the kind of campaign that the owner and the agent are running 
we have suburb profiles on realestate.com.au. You can go on there and check median. Again, all powered by PropTrack data, check median house prices for three-bedroom, two-bath, three-bedroom, three-bath, kind of whatever the configuration is, buy suburb and start to get more and more familiar with what you might be looking to buy, which I definitely recommend buyers to do. And recently sold properties in an area is another great one to kind of go on and, and have a look. I mean, when you're dealing with such large amounts of money, honestly, I'd be taking the time to do all the research you can. Absolutely. But Carla, with so many people being able to track the price of their property, you know, when people are thinking about selling, why is it still so important to get an agent's appraisal? Yeah, well, I think ultimately you need to select an agent to sell your home more often than not, but you need to understand how the agent is going to market it and at what price. So that really comes down to what the agent believes the value is likely to be at. But you also need to be guided by a professional because, again, we meet with lots of people who either have no idea or are actually quite studious and have a a view themselves. But it's important to make sure that you're on the same page. You don't want to go down a selling path with an agent who is not aligned to your thinking essentially because you're just going to be butting heads the Mm. whole time. So I think something that's also really important to note and we've heard about a little bit today, but the property market runs in cycles. Sometimes it is a super hot market, which you referenced it before, Carla, the peak in October 2021, when buyer demand really was at an all-time high and prices were just going bananas. So I guess what we've seen in the last 12 months, which is actually a little bit of a market downturn, what I'm saying is what your home was worth in 2010 is going to be different to 2020 and then different again to 2030. I mean, 2020 might be different to 2023. The market does ebb and flow quite a lot. So Carla, do you see sellers holding on to the peak when they're in a different market? Everybody wants the best price for their property, but then they also want a bag of bargain for their next property. How do you go about educating people on market cycles? Look, I've been doing this for 19 years and what I have learned is that when people ask me the question, is 2023 a better year to sell than 2024? The honest answer is we just don't know. I think we were all bracing ourselves at the end of last year that this was going to be a really, really tough year. Four or five months later, things have marketedly picked up. What it really comes down to is what's the seller's motivation? Why are they moving? Do they need a bigger home? Do they need a smaller home? Is it financially driven? Is there a death? Is there a divorce? That type of thing. And we really work around what their needs are. People can get in trouble by saying to a seller, hey, sell now. The market's going to plateau or it's going to drop. So you'll sell at the top and then you'll buy better in three to six months' time. When in reality, you just don't know. And the market could pick up And they might end up buying when the market moves another 5 or 10%. So I just think it's really important to say to the customer, when are you ready? We're always ready and make a decision from there. Yeah, I mean, the motivation for selling is kind of everything. I mean, maybe somebody's bought another property and they need a certain price point for their current one in order to buy it. Or maybe there's other financial things going on behind the scenes that make people need to sell quickly or maybe they can hold. But I guess being able to track your property just out of general interest allows you to see kind of what the ebb and flow is doing and helps you make a choice as to whether it is a good time for you to sell or not. I'm sure we could talk about this all day, but we actually have run out of time. So thank you both so much for joining me. I found it super interesting, especially because day-to-day conversations 
a lot of it's revolved around the price of property. We all love to talk about it. So it's been really interesting to learn a bit more about it. Thank you so much for joining me. Amazing. Thank you very Thanks, much. Alice. Thanks for joining me. This has been Real Talk. For your weekly fix, please follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and tune in next time for more real questions, news and insights on the topics that matter most from realestate.com.au, Australia's number one address in property. All information provided is general advice and opinion based on current market conditions. These opinions should not be treated as investment advice. Always obtain advice based on your individual circumstances. Real Talk acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, air and community. We pay our respects to elders past and present.